Welcome to Wildly Empowered Women. I'm your host, Jessica Zellens, and this is the Espresso Martini for Your Feminine. Let's go take a sip. Welcome back to Wildly Empowered Women. Today, we have a very special guest on who is someone that has helped me through my journey in the online business space and my growth and mindset and specifically energy for four years now. She is Adelina Vaughan. Some of you may know her. For those that don't, she's a spiritual mentor, an ayahuasca integration guide a somatic sound and movement space holder, and a ceremonialist. She's someone that gives so much space and value to women specifically. And my experience with Adelina is she's just that rock that I've always had to help me through first, really shifting my energy. So I was recommended Adelina when I first came into the online space. And for those of you that know a bit about my business, I do attraction marketing. So if your energy isn't right, you're not going to attract the right people to you. And my energy wasn't right. And so Adelina and I did a really deep three-month container together. And that was the beginning of a lifelong friendship and connection with Adelina. She's someone that I just always rely on to go to when I need a session with her to like clear and up anything. Also someone who I just deeply admire and respect so much for your embodied wisdom, Adelina, and everything that you've gone through to get to where you are and how you are able to hold so much space for people really comes from a place of your own deep dive and your own journey and growth. So thank you so much for being on today. I want to just start by, before we dive into the topic, which is very fitting because Adelina just became a mama bear, which is very exciting and a huge part of her own evolution in the work that she does with women as well. Before we dive into that topic and what we want to cover today, could we just start by you giving a little bit more context around the work that you do and what inspired this path for you? Because it really is your soul's journey and you're so incredible at what you do. But where did it all start? How did you get here? Oh, that is such a deep question. And I think if I were to source the like most pure, authentic answer, it's actually because of my family. <laughs> and the family dynamics upon which I was birthed into and all of the hardships and addiction that is deeply a part of my bloodline and a lot of trauma that's deeply woven into my bloodline. And I feel like coming from that type of background and that type of, I'll just use the word bloodline, it really encompasses that it really has been a catalyst and a continued inspiration to not only find healing for myself, but finding healing pathways that would bring possibly peace and more tranquility and freedom from addiction for my family members. And so I 
I distinctly remembered a moment in my life when I started my plant medicine journey path, which is, as we, as you know, and as many of you who may be listening will come to find out, plant medicine is a huge part of the work that I do on this planet and has been a huge part of who I am now and, and what I am able to hold space for. But I remember journeying to Peru in search of a cure of some kind for my brother's heroin addiction at that time. And I feel like it was a catalyst and it always has been something of that nature where my family and the background upon which I come from has always deeply impacted me. And the more that I unravel that, the more that I want to heal and the more that I yearn to learn what can support really not fixing, but transforming unhealthy habits and negative beliefs and limiting beliefs and really toxic ways of being and living and coexisting, you know, whether it's in partnership or friendship. So I feel like honestly, and I was not expecting that answer to come through, it's been my family and the roots upon which I was birthed into this world, I feel like have been the greatest foundation for me and the deepest inspiration for who I am and the work that I feel most inspired in the work to do. And the, you know, the people that I gracefully and so gratefully love to support. Yeah. Mm. Love that. And it's always so interesting. This is why I asked the question to hear what inspires someone's journey, because when someone is as passionate and embodied as you are in the work that you do, it always comes from such a deep place and your own journey first, right? Like people don't just get into the, and and also it's very deep work that you do. Like, and maybe this is something that we can talk through as we go into the topic of motherhood. When you're helping people with the energy, and like guiding them spiritually, I can imagine there's a lot that you could hold and take on yourself that you need to be able to like actually wash off, which is similar to being a mum. Like we can hold on to a lot of like our children's pain and our children's like their own blocks and what they're going through. And it's like, you've got to have some sort of separation and be able to support them and guide them and hold space for them and also have your own space as well. So with that said, let's talk about motherhood. How has your journey been this past year in both your pregnancy, your birth and becoming a mother? <laughs> Just a small question. <laughs> Not a big loaded it's, question at all. <laughs> it's probably the wildest, deepest ceremonial journey that I've ever been on, that I've ever said yes to. And it's also, it's been the most beautiful, raw, vulnerable, expanding experience while also been the most triggering and, and like just ripping me apart <laughs> journey and humbling me down to the earth daily, if not hourly, you know, some days. <laughs> it's so all encompassing and I had no idea what I was saying yes to. When I said yes to this journey and speaking of family, you know, my daughter so intelligently and miraculously decided to come through a portal where my grandfather at the time was transitioning 
into the other world, you know, into the heavens. And I was in actually co-facilitating a master plant dieta with some of my teachers. And I thought I was getting my period during that uh, dieta. And actually she, this little starcy was implanting and coming into form. And when I came out of this dieta, my grandfather started to transition and I shortly found out I was pregnant. So moving into the the first part of that, of like finding out that I'm pregnant and being able to support my grandfather and his passing, it felt like, okay, I've come here. I already know to really transmute transgenerational trauma. It's a big part of my work on a somatic level. And here I am bringing a child into the world while an elder is passing and it just felt so synchronistic like i could not have planned that especially with the four years prior having moved back home into my hometown after a 10-year break um, and doing a lot of personal family work which maybe is for another call um, but a lot of personal family work and at that time i was thinking that i was going to be going into the jungle and doing all this work and I did, but in a different way. And it was almost like my prayer at that time was for healing for my bloodline. And then I was gifted an opportunity to pave a new way for the next generation, like the biggest opportunity I could ever be gifted from spirit to be doing it in the flesh and to really make that impact. And so pregnancy, once I surrendered to the fact that this was happening, <laughs> which I was very resistant. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of grief that first trimester with my family dynamic, losing an elder. It was just a very dense, heavy time, confusing time. And so once I surrendered that, the rest of the pregnancy was a very beautiful journey. And I got to go really deep within myself and my fears of family and my fears of starting a family and, you know, of, of how I was going to become a mother like that transition and I feel like when I was pregnant for me specifically I thought I was like in this transition from maiden to mother it was happening but it really didn't like fully ground land and like anchor into real time until I gave birth until she came through on the other side and I held her and saw her and my heart just cracked open in a million pieces and it's at that moment that that opportunity really just magnified that I have this opportunity. And I keep saying it because it really has become that. It's be She's become my greatest teacher and my greatest mirror. And although sometimes she mirrors back the habits and the patterns of my bloodline that I swore I've worked through and that are no longer, you know, I no longer participate in, it's, it's wild once that family constellation comes in, all of a sudden these old ways of being or the old ways of my inner child, the, way, the ways that I experienced family dynamics. And it's not to say that all of that was bad, but it's just that the dynamics and the energies kind of weave their way back into the field for you to, or at least for me, for me to unravel another layer of healing. As we know, that, like healing is not linear. It's very cyclical. And I feel like for me, the the motherhood portal has been an entryway into a whole nother 
journey around the medicine wheel, a whole other journey around this new cycle of my life where I'm cleansing, clearing, and purging on a new level. Wow. Yeah. There's so many places we could go with that. That Let's start with the cleansing and, and clearing of, you know, obviously motherhood at different stages of our child's life as well. Because as you were speaking then, I was thinking, you know, a lot came up for me when I became a mother. But then now my eldest is five and he's at that age where he's really challenging me on a lot of things. And some stuff has come up even recently around not feeling like I'm being heard and understood, which is just a normal five-year-old. He's no different to any five-year-old, but that's my stuff from my own childhood of not feeling like I was ever being heard or understood and not feeling like my voice was loud enough. So, there's so much that comes up at different at different ages even of our, of our children but can we start with like the cleansing and clearing of the residual habits that you mentioned like what is it that has come up for you and is there any advice that you could give around how to actually be aware of it and then start to clear some of those things beautiful i was actually going to open with the word awareness and so just bringing awareness to motherhood and mothering and Amara will turn one. And so I feel like I'm such a new mom in this space. And, and I can only speak to one year of motherhood experience thus far. But I feel like one of my mentors one time said to me, it's not about being a perfect mother. It's about being a present mother. And it really has stuck with me because I hit a kind of a dark hole right after the fourth trimester ended that fourth month i really went into a postpartum depression portal for like month four five six like somewhere through there i I went really dark and i went really deep and and i kept repeating that like it's not about being perfect it's not about being present because one of my woundings is feeling like i'm not doing anything right or feeling like i'm not doing it good enough and good enough good enough good enough and that's been something that i've had to work through most of my life of like pushing myself so much to be good enough that mm. i exhaust myself or i think that i need so many things externally because i'm not good enough internally and it was almost like that postpartum period after the fourth trimester bubble kind of goes away and you start returning to different parts of life and you're like this is real like this is forever like motherhood is forever this is not going away it just really hit like what if i'm not good enough and what if i'm can't be there for her enough or you know just so many different things but i feel like that was the main habit and i spiraled in that habit And I needed to spiral. I needed to like go to those darker places within myself to realize how toxic and how much of that like negative black energy that was consuming me. And it's not that I was getting lost in that every day throughout my whole life, but it would weave in and out. And I got to really see how my inner critic was playing out on a deeper level. It's almost like it just emerged from the ethers. It was like, I've been in here all along running your fear show that comes up. You know, I have a lot of fear in my body. I had things happen to me in my early childhood that were really intense and really traumatic. Some of that being really big surgical traumas. And so there was like, there's a lot of fear in my nervous system. And so between this 
perfectionist aspect of me and these old core wounds of fear, you know, the birth itself brought up a lot of fear for me and and being in the hospital brought up a lot of fear for me. So there was just so much of these old energies coming up to the surface and I welcomed them. Like I really wasn't afraid of them, although some days they were intimidating. I think that just welcoming the shadows of motherhood and not being afraid to meet them because they're there to really support and to teach and to illuminate the shadows that have already been there. I feel like motherhood is a catalyst that just fast tracks you like there's nothing that I've come into contact with that fast tracks you to this extent because you can't you don't just go to a retreat and then go to normal life you're like in retreat 24 7 you're in an ayahuasca ceremony 24 7 and you can't run away from your shadows or your patterns or your habits especially because your child is going to is literally going to start mocking and mimicking right Mm. so the way that that child is regulated or dysregulated or reactive or non-reactive or expressive or non-expressive like how all of that takes place how the child communicates like it all comes back to you essentially and i think that that is triggering it's very it can be very triggering and it can really force you on many levels if you're willing to to look at yourself and that's what it did to me it really had me look at these core childhood wounds and they were so in my face and surrounding me immersed i was immersed in them and it was overwhelming but also so beautiful because on the other side of meeting them, I've been able to really clear them in ways that I don't, because I wasn't aware that they were still so present in my field, I wasn't aware of the amount of cleansing and clearing that was still available for me and the amount of freedom and liberation that I had available to me for my heart, for my being, for my essence, for my body, for my work because of that. So I guess if I were to take that to an next level and say, what would be my advice or maybe my invitation, I kind of like that a little bit better, what would be my invitation is to, to not be afraid, to not be afraid of the things that are rising to the surface in your motherhood journey, whether you're preparing for motherhood, you're pregnant, you are a new mom, or you're a mom that has multiple children or one child or older children or younger children, like wherever you are in your motherhood journey, it's like, how can you allow yourself to be so courageous and and know that you have what you have everything within you to meet these elements and to not be afraid of the darkness that mother brings in and to not be afraid of the shadows and to not be afraid of the negative habits that you see coming out of you. And it's, I think the less judgment that we can have and the more self-love and compassion that we can have, that we are truly doing the best that we can while also knowing we can do better and we can really meet these. And I I think when we're not afraid to meet those aspects, then we can grow, we can transform, and we can become better partners, lovers, mothers, healers, you know, light workers. We can, it just expands outwards, right? It's It's just a one microcosm of so many things. So I would say self love and compassion and releasing self-judgment while also not being afraid to meet these elements. Mm. Yeah. 
Yes. So it's awareness first and then the self-love, compassion, and actually meeting them and clearing them. I love that. Such yeah. great, such a great invitation. I love that word as well, rather than advice. Definitely going to adopt that. And so you mentioned there something that really stood out for me was, of course, we can be aware and we can see these patterns and we can just be aware of what might be coming up. And we can also change generational patterns and what we might have witnessed our parents do or our grandparents do. And I truly believe, and you know, this is coming from such a place of compassion for all of my, the women in my bloodline, that everyone does the best with what they have and what they know. Like my grandmother was one of 12 kids. My mum was one of five kids. You can only imagine what that was like to have that many children and the pressure of my grandmother, for example, um, having five kids. Her husband, my grandfather, was away a lot. So she basically was a solo parent for so much of that. And, you know, there was some crazy things that my mum went through, but I also just have so much respect and compassion for my grandmother of what it would have been like basically as a solo parent to five children. And Mm. her mother died at the time that she gave birth to her first child. So she never had a mum to, you know, like actually ask for advice to or have hold that space for. And, you know, when we become mums, our mums almost like become this, you know, you have such a different relationship with them because you then are on the same like playing field. You understand them so much more when you become a mum. So, The point of that whole story was generational patterns are such a thing that becomes so much more obvious to you when you become a parent. So can we talk a bit now about like what might come up and how to also be aware and what the invitation could be to actually deal with those things that might come up becoming a parent? Yeah. Before I go into that, something that's coming through strongly is the power and potency and necessity of a regulated nervous system in motherhood. <laughs> I feel <Amen>. like <laughs> motherhood really has illuminated like so many parts of my nervous system that were dysregulated. And I could have been really, really, really hard on myself this first year. And I found out that wasn't nourishing, which I think is what caused kind of like my deep dive that I went on. But once I came out of that and I realized that wasn't helping, it was almost like awareness is key. That's what was happening. But I was really terrified of like meeting and nourishing. I was uncomfortable with nourishing my nervous system and regulating and stabilizing certain parts of my nervous system because those parts had kept me safe for so long in being dysregulated. They were protection mechanisms, right? They've they helped me in so many areas of my life. And motherhood was just like, eh, it stops here. Like, that's not helpful. That's actually going to do damage now. So like, you have to cleanse and clear this. And so I just want to weave into this space. Like if we can do anything as mothers, if we could just do one thing <laughs> and it would impact so much of our child's, our children, child's lives would be to make your nervous system regulation your top priority. Mm. Like making space on your calendar, 
every morning, every night, little breaks in the afternoon to regulate your nervous system, to come back to breath. It doesn't have to be long practices, nature, dance, singing, breath, anything that's nourishing, that's going to fill you up, that's going to gift you with a moment to slow your nervous system down and reroot yourself into the ground so that you can be present. Because I think presence is a beautiful thing, but if we're dysregulated, presence doesn't feel safe. And presence is being really present is very difficult because we're on, we're not regulated and so we can't sink into presence and and so i just wanted to touch upon that the power and importance and i and i say necessity of being regulated within our nervous systems and that right there is just gold and if we can just do that we will be able to meet motherhood with such a different lens and with such a calmer and more spacious presence And with that regulated nervous system, I feel we have the opportunity again to clear that generational trauma because a lot of intergenerational trauma, where does it all stem from? It stems from dysregulated nervous systems that are, why are nervous systems dysregulated? Because of trauma that hasn't been healed yet, missing parts, pieces of us that are scattered around that are waiting to be reintegrated into our bodies and into our beings so that the nervous system can start to calm down. And a lot of our parents, our grandparents, our great-grandparents, they didn't have the tools, they didn't have the understanding, they didn't have the awareness, and they also didn't have the opportunity to talk about the things that, that happened for them. Everything was swept under the rug or it's not that bad or it's, you know, don't worry about that, just get over it. And so they were entrained with this sense of just push on through but Mm. the body never forgets and somatically it's alive in our nervous systems and so i think when it comes to really making a a brand new way like a real change in the next generation it's going to come through stabilizing our nervous systems and then seeing what still dysregulates our nervous systems and gifting ourselves the opportunity to make those spaces and places a top priority to receive healing support or to sit with plant medicine or to have a really structured schedule that allows for a lot of self-care, like whatever we need to do to heal those parts and pieces, uh, that is what's going to reset the generational trauma mm-hmm. on a, in a big, in a, like a wave-like motion more than anything else. Yeah, that's so true. And I mean, regulating your nervous system just wouldn't have even been a sentence that the last generation or the generation before A, understood or ever said, or B, would have ever prioritized because it was just a different time and it just wouldn't have been a priority. So I agree with you. And and it doesn't have to be these really enormous hour-long practices, like even just you know, in the house that we're knocking down and rebuilding, we had a backyard and I just used to sit under the frangipani tree sometimes and just literally having my shoes off and feeling the ground was so grounding for me. Like just being out in nature, even if it's walking across the road to some grass, if you don't have grass or just getting some sunlight on your face. Or I love that you mentioned dancing, like kids love dancing, put on a couple of songs and dance with your kids. If you don't have time without your kids right now, we're having like a bit of a crisis in my family with, with childcare. Cause there's a bit of a crisis nationwide in Australia where there's not a lot of childcare workers and our nanny just moved overseas. So 
um, Freddie, my two-year-old, is home like 24-7. So I do these things with him and it can be really healing and really beautiful for our nervous system to witness a child in nature or to witness a child dancing. And, you know, of course, you're putting yourself first and doing them for you, but also your kids love being involved with that. So I love that um, one of our very first sessions together, Adelina, I'll never forget when I first started working with you, was I was so highly strung and I was so busy and I was working full-time and I was starting a business and I had a one-year-old and we were moving house and there was so much going on. And you said to me, when are you finding time for yourself? And that was such a foreign concept to me back then. And one of the invitations you gave me was just to put on music and dance. And that is such a happy place for me. And so I used to do it with Tio, who's now five, who was one at the time. And he absolutely loved it. And it became such a beautiful bonding experience for the both of us. And it just filled our house with so much happiness. And now we have like Friday night dance parties in my house. We make burgers and we have a playlist on and we just like everyone just dances. And it's just this thing that is just brings such a different energy to the house. And I now know when I need it and when the family needs it. So it's it can be those small practices that don't have to be an hour of meditating or an hour massage or an hour of this, that, like if that feels good for you and you have the space, obviously, absolutely. But I love that you mentioned that because keeping a track and prioritizing our nervous system is such an important thing as mums. And it's so felt and witnessed in your children as well. Completely. And, you know, we don't have childcare either and we haven't this whole time. So my partner and I kind of like, take shifts a lot mm. and she's with us so much and now at one she'll do yoga and put her leg up and i found her the other day in the bedroom playing the guitar strumming it and singing by herself and oh it's just God. like they're learning all these things like you know like all these ways that i like when i know i need to if i don't have space from her i just include her and we'll sit outside and sing and I'll do rituals with her and go to the, I go to the beach like four or five days a week and she just plays and then I can just be. And it, it, there's so many little ways that we can find to, to nourish ourselves. And I think when we regulate our nervous systems, what are we really doing? We're, we're nourishing ourselves. And then what mm. happens? We're joyful. And when we're joyful, then things, are abundant and what happens when we feel abundant and joyful well we all know what happens you know like life just becomes more miraculous and more magical and the energy is ecstatic and it's contagious and our children feel it we feel it, our partners feel it and i do believe on a very deep level that the more that we can live in alignment with this that it ripples out and our family members see it and then they are curious about what that is rather than judgmental you know they, they begin to open up curiosity and even if it doesn't happen in this life i do believe it is impacting all of those that have passed because our, our ancestors are praying for us and they want this for us because this is the path of the new earth on some level mm. yeah mm. and it's beautiful that we get to nourish ourselves and that creates such an impact for our family as well. And this is why it's said a lot, but I am going to say it again because I don't feel like enough women, whether they're mothers or not mothers, really listen to this, is you can't give from an empty cup. 
Like we mm-hmm. all know that. We know the concept of it, of, you know, the old, you've got to put your own oxygen mask on first before you can help someone else. Yet still so many women are coming from exhaustion and putting everyone else's needs first and not having boundaries or being a people pleaser and putting everyone else's desires first before their own, mm-hmm. which, you know, if you are a woman listening to this, please stop and ask yourself, what do you need? How can you have a boundary or place a desire first in your life and actually prioritize yourself? Which brings me beautifully to this next question around why women need spaciousness and times to slow and go internal, which is so much of the beautiful work that you do with women. So can we talk a bit on on this now? Yeah, I, I love what you said. And and for some women, like asking for what you need might be something that's new. And I know in motherhood, I've had to ask for a lot of space and a lot of time to in order to be able to walk the path of motherhood while still walking my dharma, which I had no idea <laughs> what that was going to look like or feel like. And And I've needed a lot of space and I've had to really get uncomfortable at times saying, okay, I need, I actually need this and really requesting, requesting what I need to be able to fill up my cup, be nourished, and then being grateful for the space and the time that I've been able to to have. And I think as women, we are so cyclical. And if we just look at our cycles, you know, we have an innate, beautiful cycle built in naturally. We are a living embodiment of the seasons is like how I like to say it. We have the seasons that happen. We, we bleed and we ovulate and, you know, we go through all these different phases and we're so lucky that we get to do this because we have an opportunity every month to cleanse and clear and purge. And we have also an opportunity to cocoon and go within. We also have an opportunity to expand and explore and share and create. And our bodies are leading the way for this very cyclical monthly experience. And, and I think that it's important that we attune ourselves to this inner cycle that happens. And because of that, it's a, it's very feminine and in our femininity with in alignment with our cycles, we really yearn the spaciousness and we thrive in it. We are living in a very masculine society. It's definitely changing and we're all excited about that, but we have been living in a very masculine dominated society and we can't function. Actually, it's very dysregulating for our nervous systems and it's putting a lot of us into these fight or flight responses. And we as women are meant to be like in communion with the earth with with the sunrise and the sunsets and the full moons and the new moons and the seasons and we need a lot of space to cultivate that intuition and to be able to to become one with the earth and make our offerings and make our prayers and to listen and receive and and when we're rested and when we're nourished as women then our wombs are relaxed and when our wombs are relaxed we can really tune in and more deeply hear the wisdom that lives in our wombs and the intuition that lives in our wombs. And we can feel the connection to the earth. And when we can feel the connection to the earth as women, we feel supported by all, all of life. And when we feel supported, we feel more courageous to fulfill our Dharma. It's kind of one big, I see it as one big, beautiful cycle. And if we don't have that space, if we're overwhelmed, if we're exhausted, if we're 
working way too much and we don't have any space for our intuition to thrive, that means that our creativity doesn't have any space. And women, woman, we are here as creative vessels. We have wombs that literally birth humans. And so we have like a built-in creative vortex and that creative vortex needs spaciousness in order to it, for it to thrive, in order for it to create. And I often think of many women who have come through my field over the years or in my practice who have had difficult times getting pregnant because they're not because there's anything wrong with their body. It's because their body's like, I want to wait until you're relaxed and you're soft and you're open and things are spacious so that there's room for these little star seeds to come in. And then the women will make all these changes in their lives and pregnant, you know, because they've made the space or they know that they have this creative juice and this creative portal they want to go in, but they're so bombarded in their life that they don't have any time to write that book that would be so nourishing or to create that program or to record a song or whatever it is that, that they really, what would really nourish them and where they would really thrive. So when there isn't spaciousness, I really feel like that creativity and intuition and connection to the earth that really gets sacrificed and it can't get sacrificed because that is our, that's like our juice. Like that is the energetic framework upon which we can thrive as women. Mm, and it's such a good reminder with our intuition that of course we need space to actually listen. So many, so much of the time, if you're in overwhelm or you're exhausted, you're working 24 seven, or you just feel like you've got too much in your plate. It's because it's coming from a lack of trust. If you actually really, and this was a big part of my journey that you helped me with was it was coming from a place of not trusting myself that I could do less and still earn the same or more. And I used to work three jobs. I've always been that person that like has no time, like just work, work, work all the time. And I had to actually start to change my mindset around how much I believed and trusted myself and my own ability. Mm. And you can only start to listen to your intuition and go within and actually trust that you have the answers and you know what to do next, or you know what the answer to your problem is. If you give yourself the space to listen, <laughs> like it can't happen mm. if you're rush, 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 doing all this stuff. Like you actually need to have the space to go, right. I don't need someone else's opinion. I don't need to go and ask 10 people. I don't need to go and seek someone, someone's judgment on this. I actually just need to sit with my situation and my womb and listen and go, what is my intuition telling me the next step is or the answer is? And it comes mm. from a place of trust, like a place of knowing that you are enough and so much of the time you have the answer if you give yourself the space and the time to listen. Completely. Mm. And I feel like motherhood has been such a, a beautiful teacher of this because you, especially this, the first year, everything just slows way down. And I really allowed myself to sink in this year and slow, like slow, it's the slowest I've ever been in my life. And in that has come so much understanding and so much clarity and just so much trust that everything is supporting me. And, and the most beautiful thing that's happened is that everything that I've been praying for, it's miraculously coming to me rather than having to seek out. And 
I think that's a really beautiful gift that spaciousness extends out is that when there's that spaciousness and when there's that quietness and we allow ourselves to go inwards, we really get to see how much of a magnet we are to what it is that we are desiring in our life. And really everything will come to you if you allow for it, but it can't if you're constantly seeking and if you're constantly looking outside of yourself. And I think when we're really exhausted as women and we're overwhelmed and we're really tired and maybe dysregulated, that's often when we start to seek out. We start to seek outwards or we start to not trust or we start to try to control or manipulate our situations or we get really fearful that things aren't working out, everything's against us. Like, And then we start kind of going in those loops when really it just stopping, slowing down and going within and making like five to 10 minutes a day of prayer practice or meditation practice, that alone will just start to make more space and 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 welcome in the things that are going to be supportive for you. And I, I feel like motherhood has really showcased this throughout this first year of, of the power mm-hmm. of spaciousness. And And I think there can be a fear, like if I slow down, then nothing will happen. I have to I have to do, 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 do for everything to happen in my life. And I think, yes, we need to take action, but the beingness is actually the energetic blueprint for everything. And then in that, we get so much clarity that the actions are are full with clarity. So that means we're not going to lose any energy when we take actions. Mm. And I think that's a really powerful piece as well. Yeah. It's also you can get into the trap of being so busy that you're doing things because you're so busy and you're just used to doing them that way. If you slow down and take a step back and reflect a bit more, you can find better ways of doing things that are more effective, more efficient, maybe a completely different way. Like this year, my team and I have like literally started doing business a completely different way to what we've ever done before. And it's working so well, but it's because we took a three-month period to actually reflect on what we were doing and what was working, what wasn't working, like what do we want to change, what do we want to create, what do we want to build. Like you need that time to actually reflect and look at what you're doing. And this is why, you know, a lot of people say like, are you working on your business or in your business? Like if you actually trusted your ability and trusted that 50% of success is like, of course, the action, the strategy, the the do, the other 50% is trusting that because you've done that amount of work and action, the other 50% is the trust in yourself, the trust in the universe, the energetics, like the mindset, you know, the trust that everything will fall into place. The moment you lose that trust is the moment you go into overwhelm and you start going into fear and going into like a lack of belief and doubt and it just spirals from there. So it's like, it is, I'm so glad you said that about the action because it is 50% action and 50% trust. And if you get that balance out and you're all in action, it doesn't work. And if you're all in just mindset and all the personal development, it also doesn't work. It needs to be a balance of the both. It has to be a balance. And I love that you brought that 50-50 in. It really gets to be, and it gets to be a balance. Like you get to choose that for yourself. And if you're not, it's like, a lot of what I love what you shared, this three-month portal of reflection. I feel like the first six months of motherhood 
I tried going back to work right away and it, and it just felt like spirit was like no cocoon longer. Like you need a longer reflection period because the things that are trying to come through right now need space. Like they need space. And right now you're going to try to push and no doors are going to open. So you might as well as just like take a step back and reflect and allow and all the doors will open because that energetic shift's going to happen that needs to happen for the open doors and then you get to start walking through those open doors and taking action and so it is very much this balance and to not be afraid like there's moments in our life where cocooning is essential and taking you know contraction expansion like we need both of these kind of portals and if we're not allowing ourselves to dance in between these worlds and to harmonize these different worlds then we'll find ourselves out of balance. And I think that the more that we can harmonize these different aspects, the more that we'll find peace and harmony in our pathway, in our dharma, in our business, in our life. I love that you just used the word allow so many times in that beautiful segment there, because a lot of the time you hear surrender. When women talk about motherhood, they they talk a lot about like surrendering to the situation or to surrender to motherhood, surrender to the fact that things aren't going as you planned or as you envisioned them. And it's like surrender has this energy of lack or um, what's the word I'm after? Like you're sacrificing something when you surrender. Whereas allow is such a different energy of like, you're allowing this to take place. And instead of surrender, you're just knowing that this is how it is meant to be. It's like such a energy of trust rather than sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And empowered choice. Like I'm Mm. choosing to allow for Mm. this situation to happen, even if maybe it wouldn't be something that you would necessarily choose. You're like, I'm allowing myself to be present with how this situation is being, <laughs> with how mm. this situation is turning out and, and trusting that in that allowance, I'll be given the gift or the clear next step mm. or whatever is meant to come next. And I, I do, I feel like that, that is a word that I've, I've been using a lot lately. I love that. It's, it's just a powerful word. <laughs> it is. And it's a change of perspective. It's like allow instead of surrender, just that one thing. It's like also the word try. Instead of using the word try and giving yourself like this energy of like, oh, well, I'm only trying. So if I fail, it's okay. Instead of just being certain in what you're doing and just saying, I am. It's just those small mm-hmm. changes and those little perspective shifts that can be so powerful. Mm. Yeah, they really can be. And I think there's so many different avenues we can look at that in terms of just how we speak and and the energy behind what we speak and mm. how much that impacts like how our life actually is. And I think when we give opening for what we don't want, you know, there's such a difference. We can either focus what's not happening or what isn't or what we don't have yet or how it's not going to work out, or we can focus all of our energy on what we do want and what we believe is on the way and what we know is going to work out and what we're visioning for our future. And it's like, what energy do you want to dance with? Mm. What energy do you want to participate in? What pathway do you want to choose? One of belief and trust or of one of fear and distrust? And I, I think we have such a choice point every single day. Like All of life is about choices. And all of life is about how we want to meet each moment. And I think Mm -hmm. that is 
like the definition of presence, just bringing it full circle to the very beginning part of this podcast of like presence is really choosing like consciously how you want to meet every single moment. Yeah. Yes. So before our very last question, I'd love to give the listeners some material around where they can find you. Like where can they go and just soak up more of your wisdom and and follow you a bit more long-term than just this podcast? Yeah. For me, Instagram has been a portal that I deeply admire and just find myself lately spending a lot of time on and posting there only. So my Instagram would be a great place at Adelina M. Vaughn. Yeah, I would say that that would be the best place to go because that's where all my offerings are via my link tree and also, uh, you know, DMing me there. I'm way quicker to respond there than like my website. Awesome. And what are your offerings right now? Because obviously I spoke about working with you one-on-one and how like enormously impactful that has been the last four years. What else are you offering right now? Yes. Well, actually, right now, I just opened up four more mentorship spaces, which is really exciting for me, just moving into the end of the year. So that is one offering that's really dear to my heart. I love my one-to-one work. It's such an immersive space, and I work with a very few amount of women at a time in a really, really, really deep way so that I can be highly attuned to to what's there, and it's really a full support space. So I have four of the spaces that just opened up, which seems like so ironic that it opened up and uh, you kind of we anchored this podcast for this particular time. And then I also have an upcoming women's retreat with a dear sister. Um, that's going to be in Portugal in early next year. So those are like my two biggest offerings that I have. There's lots of other ones that will be scattered throughout the months and some other online retreats. But if you want to go deeper into all of those things, they'll be all on my Instagram space. Amazing. So beautiful. Thank you so much for your time. And very last question If you could go back in time and give your 21-year-old self some advice or some embodied wisdom or just say anything to her, what would you share? To trust herself more. That would be the one thing that you have the answers, but really like trust yourself, trust yourself more, trust yourself more. I would probably just repeat it over and over and over and over again. Mm. And to that it's safe to have boundaries and mm. safe to have boundaries for things that aren't in alignment for what you want. Mm. Yeah. And for who you're, who you're diligently showing up every day to be. My 21 year old self was definitely so immersed <laughs> mm. in so many things. And so I feel like just gifting her the, the capacity for boundaries are safe and all boundaries are valid while also trust yourself because you have the answers. So perfect. And I feel like a lot of 31 and 41 and 51 year old women need that reminder as well. Trust and boundaries. Mm. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Thank you so much for joining. For all of the beautiful souls that have been listening to this podcast, Adelina's Instagram will be in the show notes. If there was any part of this that really spoke to you, it was obviously for a reason. So please do screenshot and share. You can tag Adelina and I and would love to hear from you of what really spoke to you through this episode. 
and pay it forward to another mama, another woman that you feel would get a lot of value from listening to this episode as well. But thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you on the next episode. Mm-hmm.